Chapter 40 Walk in the Park Luke and Eamon made it to the Greenleaf facility ten minutes after Serena's first meeting with Beth. The building was barely visible from the main road, and pinpricks of light emanated from the massive structure in the distance. They found the far edge of the property and parked near the fence. Damn! It's a freaking quarter of a mile to the building, Luke blurted out. Eamon scratched his head. I don't know what type of security system they have, but looking at all this farmland stretched out in front of the main building, they probably set their perimeter pretty close. Otherwise, their sensors would ping constantly from the deer walking in the field, Eamon said. What does that mean? Luke threw up his hands. It means you probably won't know where the sensors are until it's too late, Eamon said flatly. Well, what about your handheld device? Luke asked. And an enclosed area is decent, but out here, I won't be able to get a read on anything until we're on top of it. Luke sat on the front bumper of the rover, staring out over the field. Bosco was at his feet. An idea began to take shape. Don't they normally calibrate motion sensors based on weight? Luke asked. Eamon shrugged. Yeah, no one wants animals setting them off. Up close to a building, they're normally set to disregard anything under 100 pounds, Eamon said. Luke looked at Bosco. He's only 85 pounds. Eamon's eyes flashed. That would work, he said. Luke walked back, opened the rear deck of the rover, and pulled out Beth's Invisisuit they grabbed from a room at Caesar's Palace. Think this'll help? Luke asked. Couldn't hurt, Eamon said. It took a few minutes for Luke to pour himself into the suit. It was obviously tailor-made for a trim, athletic woman. Though he was only a few inches taller than Beth, he was still a guy and felt like he needed sex lube to pull it over his frame. He finally got it on. Damn, that's nasty, Eamon said after Luke tucked everything into place. Doesn't leave much to the imagination, he continued, pointing at Luke's crotch, giving him the stank face. Fuck you. You got a better idea? Luke shot back wincing from the seam digging into his ass. He took a deep breath. I need to see if I can walk in this thing without ripping my nuts off, Luke said. It felt like he was in a wetsuit three sizes too small. Luckily, after a few steps, he found there was enough give in the material that he could walk, but bending down was a problem. He had Eamon help with his shoes while he pulled the attached ninja-style hoodie over his head and face. Now came the hard part. He'd have to rely on Bosco. The challenge was to see if he could connect with Bosco again using his vision, hearing, and sense of smell to avoid detection. He didn't know if he could pull that off again, but pulled Bosco close and started petting him and began to focus. Bosco looked at him straight in the eye and didn't move, as if he was trying to process something he didn't understand. Then it hit Luke. Words. He doesn't understand my internal dialogue. I'm trying to say what I want him to do when he doesn't get it. An idea quickly popped into Luke's mind. Think in pictures. He gave it another shot, visualizing an image of what they needed to do, focusing his thoughts toward Bosco and picturing a connection between them. Bosco responded with a playful growl, and suddenly it appeared as if Luke was two feet closer to the ground, staring up at his own crotch. He and Bosco we're connected. This is going to work, Luke shouted to Eamon, a little too loudly and cringed immediately, his hearing now as sensitive as Bosco's. Get the blackjack and the taser, Luke said. 
Eamon handed him the blackjack, and Luke stared back. You see any pockets in this thing? Luke asked, pointing to the suit. Take them both. Just be prepared to hand it to me when I need it, Luke said. Eamon just shook his head like Luke was a prima donna as they hopped the fence, and Bosco crawled under the barbed wire. They began their slow walk down the fence toward the loading dock, where hopefully Jack would be waiting. Jack sat in his holding room, listening hard to every sound in the vault, hoping the guard would leave his post soon so he could make his escape, preferably without getting shot. A wave of emotion overtook him as he thought about Quan in the other room, as well as Luke and Eamon who were out there in the darkness somewhere, coming to his rescue. He heard the vault door open, and Eric barked something to the guard inside. Jack looked out of the small window and saw Eric motioning to the other guard to follow him. The guard paused and then walked down the row of rooms across from Jack slowly, twisting the doorknobs to make sure they were securely closed. The guard finished jiggling the knob on Quan and Chastity's holding room and walked over to Jack's. Jack ducked down quickly, pushing the door into the frame, keeping the doorknob rigid so the guard would think it was still locked. He felt the guard try to twist the knob. His plan worked and he was rewarded with the sound of the vault door closing the vault guard leaving with Eric. Jack didn't know how long they'd be gone, and he wasted no time in pulling his door open and removing the magnet. He shut the door behind him and locked it, hoping the guard wouldn't suspect anything when he returned. There were no windows in the vault, so he made no effort to conceal himself as he jogged over to Quan's holding room. Shit, this lock is completely different, he thought. He looked through the four-inch peephole of a window and knocked on the door. Jack, Quan shouted. Holy smokes, I'm so glad to see you. Quan jumped up, his hands still zip-tied. Jack put a finger to his mouth to shush him, then pointed to the bottom of the door, mouthing the words, Get down, so they could talk through the gap. Holy smokes, man, you're here, Quan whispered. How did you find us? I was here already. Managed to escape my room, but this door has a deadbolt, and the guards got the key, Jack said. Well, you can get us out, right? Quan asked. I'm working on it, but it's complicated. Hell, even if I could get you out of this room, we're still locked in the vault in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by armed security and a hundred miles of nothing in each direction. As he spoke, he realized how hopeless their situation sounded. Luke is going to meet us at the loading dock, he continued. Luke found us? Quan asked, childlike. Yeah, he did. He's with Eamon near here now. Jack looked at Chastity, then Quan. Who's the girl? Jack asked. Chastity Banks, she spoke up. I met your brother Luke the other night. I'm here because for some reason your girlfriend thinks I'm law enforcement, she said. Jack grunted. She's not my girlfriend anymore. Are you with law enforcement? He asked. There was a pause as she twisted her face and came clean. I'm not law enforcement per se. I'm actually with the Department of Agriculture. Shit! Jack's disgust was evident, even through the door. Unfucking believable I get bullshitted and abducted by someone from the Department of Agriculture, and now there's another one. Quan, this bitch is one of them, Jack shouted. What are you talking about? Chastity tried to make sense of what she had just heard. Who else from the Department of Agriculture is here? Nobody from my team abducted anyone. I was assigned to be your brother's observation detail. Jack was getting pissed. 
Observation detail? What the fuck does that mean? What, did Luke eat a bad bag of peanuts? Serena Green from Agriculture is the reason we're all here in the first place. I don't even know who the fuck you really work with, but I am sick of getting my chain yanked by you people. He was whispering loudly now. Look, there's no Serena Green that works for us. I don't even know what you think happened, but I promise I'm one of the good guys, Chastity said. That's all I can tell you. Really? Jack didn't respond. Chastity picked up on the fact that she was losing her audience. Okay, technically I'm with agriculture, but there's a little more to it. Another agency heard chatter about the organization as well as you and your brother, and I was assigned to keep watch over your brother. There must have been something to the noise if you're here and your girlfriend nabbed me, she said. What organization are you talking about? Jack asked, remembering what Luca told him. Look, I, I'll tell you, but I'd like to get the hell out of here. I think they're going to rig this place to blow. Is anyone coming beside your brother and his friends? She asked. No, no one, Jack sighed. Shit, that's not good, she muttered. Blow up this whole place? Juan asked, coming to life. Yeah, Chastity replied. I heard his girlfriend talking about it to the goon that was driving us up here. You were in the trunk. She quickly changed direction. I've got an emergency beacon I need to get to, but I can't get to it with my hands tied with these things, she said, referring to the zip ties. Jack looked around. At the bottom of the door where he was whispering, had a one-inch gap from the door to the floor. Can you get your wrist close enough to the bottom of the door? If you can, I can probably cut them off, he said simultaneously looking around for a box cutter or a knife. Yeah, I could do that, she replied. Jack quickly located a box cutter in the guard's desk drawer and was able to successfully cut her restraints without slitting her wrists. Okay, don't get weird, but the beacon is sewn into my bra. I just have to activate it, though, Chastity said. Jack heard her get up from the floor and he did the same, staring through the door window. She quickly took off her top and unhooked her bra, exposing two of the most perfect breasts Jack had ever seen. Quan's mouth hung open in disbelief. She tugged on the side of the bra straps and pulled out a small cylinder, the size of a Tylenol. She quickly finished dressing and pressed the beacon. She got down on the floor to talk again. Okay, the cavalry is officially on its way, she said. Jack shook his head in disbelief. What? Chastity asked. Don't like my tits? Ugh. No, tits are fine. It's just that we're in a lead-lined vault. That thing won't work in here, Jack said. Shit, she swore under her breath. Of all the shit I survived just to go down in a goddamn locked vault. And no sex in months? Fuck me, she thought. Jack took a moment to evaluate the situation and get his mind off her tits. She looked like she had been through hell and seemed to be genuinely surprised that there was someone else masquerading as a Department of Agriculture agent. Then again, he had been bullshitted by a pretty face and pretty tits before. He made a snap decision to trust her. Not that it mattered, she was locked in a room with no way out. I'll go check for a spare key, but I'm not hopeful. The guard kept the key ring on his belt, Jack said. He heard Quan moan in response. Jack made his way quickly to the guard desk and searched through the drawers. There was nothing except a few pins and pads of paper. A box cutter he shoved in his pocket. He made his way to the vault door and punched the same combination he had seen Magnus use days before. 
Nothing happened. Just a slow, blinking red light. Shit, he thought. It's not the right combination. It must have a separate combination for entry and exit. Ah, oh, God damn it. Plan B.